You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the It's Always Draft Season podcast, part of the Packernet Podcast Network, and a podcast that stands Eric DaCosta all day and every day. Um, Jake Savink here, Mason Thompson. How you doing on this fine uh, Wednesday evening? As we are now about to go through draft grades, doing really well. Uh, I'm excited to get in, kind of just jump into these a little bit more uh, in depth. So, yeah. So tonight, what we're gonna do and we'll have about four episodes out is how we're going to take this on is we're going to get go the south the east the north and the west in some order we're going south tonight we're doing the afc south and the nfc south flip the order and that's where we're going uh and so we're going to give out our grades and we're going to go way more in depth than we did on the show that came out this past <clears throat> monday which kind of was all encompassing of the weekends but we're going to really dive in talk about all these guys and then give our grades at the end so we're going to start, obviously, in, in the NFC South here with the Atlanta Falcons. That's who we'll start with, and we'll kind of rattle off their picks here, and then I'm going to throw it to Mason to give his initial thoughts. So Falcons at pick eight, they go Drake London, wide receiver USC. Second round pick 38, they go Arnold Ebuchady, edge rusher from Penn State. And then the 58th pick, Troy Anderson, linebacker from Montana State. 74th pick, they got Desmond Ritter, quarterback from Cincinnati. 82nd, they go D'Angelo Malone, edge rusher from Western Kentucky. 151st, Tyler Algier, running back from BYU. 190, they went Justin Schaefer, the guard from Georgia. And then they went right back to Georgia, pick 213, John Fitzpatrick, the tight end. So, Mason, just initial thoughts, really, as we kind of keep – we're going to dive deep, but go for it with, with your thoughts on the Falcons class. So – it was kind of like both of us kind of were not on the Drake London train as much as a lot of other people were. I think he's we were my, kind of in the middle. He's my wide receiver too. We were, no, well, fair enough. So maybe um, me a little bit more than you, but yeah. Yeah, I was kind of on the low side at first and then I kind of watched a little bit more. I was okay with it. Um, personally, I would not have taken him at eight. I would have probably taken a defender of some sort, maybe a Kyle Hamilton, but that didn't happen. Uh, they ended up Drake, taking Drake London. Obviously, you need some, any sort of weapons for whoever your quarterback is going to be. So I guess Drake London is fine. You're building a basketball team with him and Kyle Pitts. Sure. Getting Eva Cady and D'Angelo Malone was kind of a really good duo that they can pair up with. Um, completely blanking on the guy's name. Right now. Um, oh, Lorenzo Cardo. Yeah, yeah Lorenzo Carter. Uh, it's not like overwhelming as a pass rush, but getting – uh, the Penn State pass rusher and Abacati at 38 was a steal, in my opinion. Malone was also kind of a steal as well at 82 for me a little bit. Uh, you were both kind of higher on him than consensus. A lot of guys had him like fifth round. So getting him in the third round, that was kind of our range a little bit, was really good. Um, obviously, I was a big Troy Anderson guy. Uh, honestly, I didn't think that Atlanta would be the team to take him but it makes a lot more sense looking at it as you see that they still have Deion Jones, but they got rid of, they let Foye walk. They brought in Rayshon Evans. They still have Michael Walker, who is a little bit similar to Deion Jones, but I think it could be a battle between Evans and Troy Anderson for that other starting spot opposite of Deion Jones. Um, now obviously, you have to talk about Desmond Ritter at pick 74. A lot of people had him going in the first round, potentially Atlanta jumping back into the first to get him, but Getting him at that spot was outstanding. Uh, we talked about it a little bit that Atlanta is like the perfect landing spot for Ritter. You have a guy that is so similar to Marcus Mariota. It's like a perfect kind of system for him to run in. And 
he may get some starting snaps a lot sooner than a lot of people expect. Um, I think that Algier is going to get surprised some people. They, If I am correct, they released Mike Davis two days ago or yesterday as of this recording. Yes. yes. Um, I think overall it was a really good draft. I think I messaged you on Friday night being like, Falcons have pulled me back in a little bit here. You did. Uh, you did say that. Yes. So, uh, at the end, John Fitzpatrick is just kind of a blocking tight end. I didn't really think they needed one, but sure, go for it. Uh, they took the wrong Georgia offensive lineman at the time, but it is what it is. But other than that, I thought this was a pretty good draft. Yeah, I think the the first thing that obviously I think jumps out, like you you mentioned, I, it's it's got to be the two edge rushers. They they've needed this, like this is they they've needed to get pressure off the edge. The Vic Beasley season was like a mirage. They got him to get fifteen sacks, great. Other than that, since like Abraham was like good at the start <laughs> of the time, like they have had nothing. And to get after the quarterback, they're going to be able to do it with Ebicady and with Malone. They're going to let these guys pin their ears back, and they're going to get after the quarterback with speed, with the twitch they have. I love that pairing. I think what saved it the most was they they still threw a pick at offensive line. I know it was, we both said, we both think the wrong Georgia yeah. guard to throw it to. Honestly, like, like Schaefer's pretty good. Snatch, yes. snatch some dudes with good power, good hands down in mobile. He's not going to be the most mobile player, right? So that in Arthur Smith's scheme, that's a little, little puzzling, but Overall, like I do think they, they've got their they, – they're playing the basketball team route. They, they have Pitts and they have London. I love that idea for them. You give a guy in Ritter who you think is going to start at some point, two guys who could kind of uh, make plays outside the frame with some of the errant throws that you might see from Ritter early on just because it's like mechanically yeah. related, uh, those accuracy issues. But, I mean – to not have to reach and and read the room more at quarterback and be like, okay, third round, sure. We'll take one of the two. Did they take the right one? Depends on who you ask. Because he obviously they took Ritter before uh, the Titans took Willis, who we'll, we'll get to later. But yeah, I mean, overall, like, again, Algier, is he the most dynamic player? No, this is your, you know, early down, give me three or four third and one third and two get, get me a first like that's fine like that's totally okay you have Patterson back to do a whole lot of things with as a running back wide receiver hybrid do I think they threw enough at receiver no definitely not I think they could have thrown two picks there but again you get a guy in London who, who goes top 10 that's fine so overall yeah I'm good like you said Fitzpatrick was meh but like you have Pitts you're probably gonna move him yeah. all around if you want to attach another guy to the line maybe Fitzpatrick's your guy early on that's I'm totally good with that too. So yeah, I mean, overall, I, I was impressed with what Atlanta did. I think a lot of people were not impressed last year when Fontenot had the first draft. They were kind of yeah. like, okay, this was this was not great at all. You know, you know, Richie Grant and all. So I think they I think Fontenot redeemed himself uh with this draft in 2022. So Mason, do you have a grade for these guys? Uh my final grade was a B plus. Okay, same. So we were exactly the same on this one, B+. I think the only thing, I don't know if you want to comment on this, that kept it from an A for me is, again, I think I would have added another receiver at some point, and I would have probably touched on offensive line a little bit more. Yeah. I I understand you want a, a bruising running back. I don't think you needed to take Algier. I, I know Zamir White and Robinson and all these guys were coming off the board. I don't think you needed to force that issue completely. At 151, it was a deeper interior line class. If you believe in McGarry, great. I, I mean, there's just guys later. I, I feel like, did Kenny Brooks get drafted? Kennedy Brooks? Yeah. Did he get I don't drafted? think so, no. No, like that's even another just an early down guy you can throw out there. Like I, I So tweaked that a little bit early on that, but like other than that, like so happy they got edge rusher help. Just I'm just glad they threw a pick at, at at offensive line and like you said, Troy Anderson, it's a multi-year project potentially, but yes. like who oh boy athleticism. So did is that what kept it from you for for an A or just just it didn't was like more, London or I gave the London pick like a B B minus okay. just because, but it was more of just I felt like they could have done better on the offensive line, like we've talked about, and 
maybe thrown a dart at like a safety because I guess they just don't want to play Richie Grant, which is beyond me. But yeah, they've got to have some up their sleeve for him, or no? I would hope so. Yeah, he so, was really fun to watch last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like he, this is yeah, you took him in the second round. Like this should be year two yes. should be like snaps on snaps on snaps to like to get this guy out there. So. I think the defense is in a good spot. Would a running mate, would a better running mate for Grady Jarrett have made sense? Sure. But you just, they just extended him. Yes. So you have him in house. I know we're not, not supposed to look ahead, but like, listen, you're probably going to be top five next year. Jalen Carter, Brian Bruzzi, Will Anderson are probably going to, someone's going to be in playoff there. So could make maybe a move for somebody like that. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think they did good. So We'll move on now and we'll go to the Carolina Panthers. And so this is a team that came in, right? One pick in the top 130. And a lot of people were waiting as, okay, would this be the first team that kind of sets the QB market in this draft? And they didn't do it. So to roll through their selections quick here, sixth overall, they go Iki Aquanu, not a quarterback, believe it or not. Uh, they trade up from 137 to get Matt Corral at 94. They take Brandon Smith at 120, Amari Barno at 189, or no? Yeah, 189. 189. Okay, did I? I must have got the Cade, Cade Mays one wrong. Then, do you have the number up for that? 199. 199. Okay, that's why I wrote it wrong. So yeah, 189 Amari Barno, 199 Cade Mays, and 242. They took Kalon Barnes. So, Mason, initial thoughts on this on this Panthers class? I mean, I think they did. I think they should have either traded down or taken the offensive lineman at six, so I can't really fault them too much. Uh, personally, I would have taken Evan Neal, but it makes sense because they took the more bruising-style rug blocker for Christian McCaffrey, if he can stay healthy, that is. Um, the trade-up for Corral is just you kind of needed somebody to kind of compete with Sam Darnold because he doesn't seem like they're really interested in Baker Mayfield and none of the players really are. And it seems like every one of those parties is not interested in coming together. Um, Brandon, the Brandon Smith selection, I was not really a big fan on Brandon Smith, but that was like when he was getting second round buzz. So I get it in the fourth round. Their linebacking court really took a hit since I last looked at it, honestly. Yeah. Like, you have Shaq Thompson, but is he still the same player he once was? Probably not. You've got Damian Wilson and Corey Littleton, who flamed on Las Vegas. So could Brandon Smith be battling for starting snaps? Yeah. You're betting on athleticism with him. He's not really a football player. It's more athleticism at this point. I think you, honestly, in my opinion, getting Amari Barno at 189 is a good selection. Just the traits, traits, traits. And then pairing that with Cade Mays 10 picks later, who can help you along the offensive line. Those two are really good. And then you take a dart throw on Kalon Barnes, who again, straight, straight, straight speed. Like I think you ended off those last three selections were good, but it just really depends on your thoughts of trading up for a quarterback. Um, I think if there were a quarterback that fits the system really well, you could have taken Corral or Sam Hell at that spot since Ritter was obviously gone just to be the kind of, option read option kind of offense that spread style so i think they did good there it fits with what they want to do with christian mccaffrey and everything but just imagine if the offensive coordinator you fired for no reason was still here um that's just pretty much my opinions on it i think it was solid for what they had but yeah i think you have to and that's the tough thing is like it's everybody's kind of like seeing the sam Darnold trade kind of weigh on this class a little bit and so, like, it's hard to not be like, well, you know, you'd have more swings if it weren't for trading for Darnold and just really, like, really lay it on them for that. I'm not going to do that. Try to keep it separate from that trade. Unfortunately, you come in here with what with what you had, Carolina. I thought they did well. And my grade will reflect that. But, yeah, I mean, Kawanu or Neil, whatever. That's fine. They were my third and fourth overall prospects. Pick Pick whichever. That they went with, like like Mason said, the more physical, get 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 a linear down block, all that stuff. You know, good athleticism, space player. 
I'm good with that. I'm actually okay with moving up for a quarterback because honestly, I don't think the solution's yeah. on the roster. So if they made a move and they felt like they had to because of who, whatever they believe was going to happen early in the fourth round, if somebody was going to move up for Corral, like, like if, if Seattle had a chance and they were going to do that, I love the idea. Uh, and yeah, I agree. I think, again, you, you addressed both sides of the trenches late as well. It would have been nice. Uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, Brandon Smith, it's day three swing. Yeah, it's swing on day three. I'm good with it. And like Barnes, who knows? I mean, Duke can turn and run with anybody. There's no doubt about that. Refine the technique. I think Cade Mays and Aquanu both start uh, this year, <laughs> which I'm good with. Honestly, yeah. they're, they're powerful, bruising dudes up front. If you're going to run the ball a lot, it, like it, that, that's the reason you fired Joe Braden. You want to run the ball more. Okay. I, I, I love the process, actually. With that, Barno at like whatever he's like really undersized too, but he ran the four three six. So like the ten splits nuts, like everything. Like, sure. So I'm I'm good with the class considering what they had to work with. Yep. Now it, it's hard. Not, like I said, it's hard not to just absolutely rip this front office a new one for thinking a, a two and extra was going to be, you know, this is going to be Sam Darnold's resurrection, but. Apart from that, the class itself, I liked. Here's a question. And this is highly debated. It was last year. I think it's still slightly debated. But if you get an offensive line in front of Sam Darnold, what are your thoughts there? I think you're still going to get those four five throws a game, which is not great of throws that you're going to be putting your hand over your head and you'll be like, man, Wentz gave this guy something. And he like, this is a Carson Wentz WTF in interception of the week guy, like a plus two. So like, I get it with the offensive line. Like I think Brady's system was working for the first few weeks, which is, but then we got rid of him. So what you're going to do with Corral, I don't know. Like, they, we'll see. The, the on-field of, of how they apply this class is going to be interesting. I'm intrigued to see what they do, especially because uh, of who their offensive coordinator is. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, they've got pieces in place, like on offense. This should be it. I'm excited for Tommy Tremble year two, no doubt about it. Like, they have receivers, right? They still have McCaffrey. So sounds good. Um, and again, the coaching staff and, and general met, they extended their window because they got Mackerel, right? So overall, for, like, even for somebody who I, I don't like Barno that much, I'm fine with the swing. So yes. that the process is good there. Like the process on day three was good by me. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe Darnold beats Corral out and the grade that I put will probably be dropped because of that in a couple of years. We'll see, but are we saying grades? Yeah. What, what's your grade for, for Carolina? I went another B plus. Yeah. Yeah. So did I actually funny enough. Um, <laughs> oh wait, no, no, I'm sorry. I, I did a B. I did a B. Uh, no, I'm not. And I'm not for those listening. I'm not trying to be different here. I did. I did switch them with another team. Yeah. So I gave him a B, but yeah, I, all things considered. Good job, Carolina. Didn't think I'd be saying that going in because I thought Pickett was going to be the Pickett six, but hey, good job. So a little, a nice little golf clap for, for Carolina, I think, for both of us. All right. Uh, New Orleans Saints. So New Orleans Saints here next on the list for us. So I pick 11. They traded up, uh, went with Chris Olave, stuck at 19, took Trevor Penning. 49, they grabbed Delonte Taylor, cornerback from Tennessee. 161, they took DeMarco Jackson, the linebacker from App State. And then 194, they took defensive lineman Jordan Jackson from Air Force. Mason, uh, initial thoughts on the Saints and what they did in this draft. So I want to start this with the pre-draft trade. Because, well, yeah, there is that. Yes, that was confusing yeah i mean i get it because you had three major needs and did you fill those first two 
Yes. Sure. Um, would I have traded up as much as I did for Chris, as much as they did for Chris Olave? Probably not. Um, don't get me wrong. I like Chris Olave as a player, but giving what was not a first, a third, and a fifth? He's going to give 98 and 120. So a first, a third, and a fourth. To move up, yeah. what was that, five spots? Yeah. Six? Um, again, don't get me wrong. Chris Olave is a great player. But moving up five spots to get that much, to give away that much capital is not great for a team that, yes, they do have fireworks on that team, obviously, but you still need some pieces added in at a lot of those spots. And sure, you added in another player this morning or yesterday in Tyron Matthew, which does feel a need. We talked about them potentially adding a safety in round one, and they didn't. They didn't in the whole entire draft. So they filled that need, which is good. But back to the drafts, you didn't really have a choice. You just kind of had to stick with your second choice in Trevor Penning. You had a gaping hole at left tackle, and I don't know if he's really ready right away to start at left tackle, especially in New Orleans. I don't know how much they're going to keep a lot of the same verbiage and like the play calls in New Orleans when Champagne were there was like super long. And I don't know if he's going to get all that, if that still is even like the case. I don't know. If, is Pete Carmichael still the OC? Uh, right? That's a great, I think so. I'll check. But like, I mean, yeah, it is. It is. It still is. So, like, that's a little bit concerning to me because he still has a lot of room to grow, and he wasn't really a first-round prospect for a lot of us. And, like, Avante Taylor in the second round, I don't know about you, but, like, whoa. Um, The only, like, pick that I felt was good, like, I like the Olave pick, but you gave up so much, was, like, DeMarco Jackson's a fine pick in the fifth round. But then, like, Jordan Jackson, there was a lot of other players available that you could have taken. Um, I just – it was weird. And I get that New Orleans is typically a team that swings for the fences, but I felt like this was a bit scary as, like, a person from the outside. You still have a lot of needs that you'd like to take on the roster. There's, like – I would have liked a bigger class, but you only had five players. So I don't really know. Yeah, um, this is this is the classic case of process is fine here. I'm okay with process for some of it, but not okay with player. Other yeah. than the first selection they made, which was good player, bad process. Yes. So there was nothing here where I go, oh yeah, that's a good player and that's a good process. There was none of that. So. Yeah, my issue is giving up 98-120 for Olave. Like, like, I know we probably would have sat here and eviscerated Dotson at 16 as well if that was their selection, I think, as well. Like, But, man, I don't know. I This left a lot to be desired, and yeah. I get it. Like, this is why I said most of these – have one of the two good things next to it. Like I said, Olave was good player, bad process. Penning's good process. It's a bad player though. And you like, we're going to talk about them. The chargers didn't decided like what we thought the tackle class was bad. So they didn't take one. Right. So I don't know, man. I, it's a struggle. This, this saints group. So I, I don't know what, what the idea was here for them like i just i'm left scratching my head i didn't even like either jackson selection late so and like you said alante taylor like oh boy um if you were ever gonna move up the time to move up was from 49 as you're watching jaquan brisker fall that would have been process player for me let's roll but it didn't happen so they took a guy who they're going to try to convert to safety who can, I, I guess, probably do it. 
but how long is that going to take? You have an immediate need. Well, they, they bring in Tyre Matthew, right? So which we can't attach to this. So you've now decided, okay, where's he playing? Play my corner. You really didn't need to do that. So I don't know, man. I, yeah, this, this class leaves a lot to be desired in my opinion. So I don't know. I want to hear yours because I think this is going to be worse than five. Worse than worse than yours? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's a C for me. Ooh, never mind. I gave it a D plus. <laughs> you gave it a D plus. Okay. Yeah. Olave is literally the saving grace of this of this thing. Yes. And like I said, they did like good and there will be bad process, bad player later. But like this is a C and and clearly so. Like Olave's like good. Yeah. So if the thing is, if they bet on traits with penning is fine, but he's just not like you, you have an immediate need at the position. So that's, that's my issue um, with that. So, okay. Um, moving on Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, What's up? Are we going to do anything about that or we can, well, I've got it covered, but okay. Cause it, is it going to end or? It, I think, but I thought we could. I just don't know if we're going to spend a lot of time could. on Tampa Bay is my thing. Um, well. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> yeah, I know it's never done it before. I'm not sure. Do you just want to end it and start again? We could maybe just do the commercial there, which would not make sense, but still. Yeah, I just don't know. Is Are we going to? It might do it again, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll end it then. Okay. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, back here with the It's Always Draft Season podcast after a little hiccup. Uh, Going to continue here with the NFC South and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So what they did, they moved back out of the first round to start with. And 33, select Logan Hall, defensive lineman out of Houston. Stay at 57, grab Luke Gadecki, uh, the offensive lineman for Central Michigan. 91, they get Rashad White, the running back from Arizona State. 106, go Cade Otten, tight end from Washington, 133, they take Jake Camarda, the punter from Georgia, 157, Zion McCollum, corner from Sam Houston State, 218, get Cole Keeft, tight end from Minnesota, and they finish up at 248 with Andre Anthony, defensive end from LSU. 
So Mason, initial thoughts uh, on the Buccaneers and the class that they have. There's a familiar saying that like good teams stay good in the draft. And I think that's pretty much descriptive of what happened with Tampa Bay here. Um, they traded down, got the guy they probably would have taken at 27, got some extra draft capital and took Logan Hall. Uh, that kind of points to me that it doesn't seem like Dominic Sue is going to be back most likely because he can play inside outside on the interior end as an edge rusher. Um, I, the day uh, of the last few days of this, uh, I could spend all day talking about Godaki because he was a D3 guy at first and then transferred to Central Michigan. Um, I think that's an excellent move. He'll probably start at one of the guard spots for them, potentially. I think there'll be an open competition there, but getting Rashad White as like a complimentary piece to Leonard Fournette, who they re-signed, is a good move. I know that Ronald Jones moved on to Kansas City in free agency. And uh, getting two tight ends, uh, well, three with plus the guy they added in undrafted free agency, but Kate Otten, great move in my opinion because you still haven't re-signed Gronkowski. Is that going to happen as he retired? Nobody really knows until probably the preseason starts because he didn't want to do extra practices. But uh, I think that was a good move to start fourth. Uh, obviously get a punter, which, sure. Um, Zion McCollum falling into the fifth round. Uh, don't know how. I'm just going to say that right now. You get a 10 out of 10, pure athleticism guy. Uh, is there some hiccups in technique and his coverage skills? Yeah, probably. But in the fifth round, I obviously going to take a chance on that. Uh, you get a blocking tight end from Minnesota, and then you got Andre Anthony, who really couldn't really do much at LSU. Uh, I know there's a lot of players in college that kind of flame out. But they do better in the NFL. Maybe that's him. But I want to make note, they did sign uh, Wisconsin River Falls tight end Ben Beast. Uh, I was at his pro day. Uh, that was probably it was one of the most outstanding pro days I think I've seen personally. Uh, just completely lighting it up. If you there is a way to look it up, it's uh, just type in Ben Beast pro day on YouTube. You'll find it. Uh, maybe potentially like a fullback hybrid special teams guy for Tampa Bay if he does make the squad. Uh, but I think, again, good teams stay good by drafting for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think the first thing that jumped out were the selections of Rashad White and Kate Otten. I think those two in general were, okay, they need a passing down back longer term. You know, you can say what you want about playoff Lenny or Lombardi Lenny, however, whatever you want to call them. Uh, sometimes some some drops littered in with with what has been a good resurgence for him in Tampa Bay. But Rashad White's the smooth operator who's going to pick up a lot more for you after the catch than, than Fournette will. And again, it is that prototypical receiving back. He's going to be able to win all over the place as a receiver. So that's that's a great add. And then, yeah, I mean, Kate Otten can do a bit of both. Didn't have a lot of production. Why? Well, Washington was bad, um, first of all. And the usage wasn't there. That's just, just in how it worked for Otten up there. So, but again, I, I like the Kate Otten pick, one of my favorite landing spots for any of the tight ends, really. So, Get a player there who can do both. And then you have Coquif, who's just going to be basically a sixth lineman. Uh, there's nothing else to say about that. Yeah, I, I'm with you, but it seems like for some reason, all the day three, uh, all the corners that that smaller school yeah. had all the traits, had all the athleticism, that, that kind of those maybe projects potentially, but, but I thought some of them had good technique. They all fell to day three for some reason. Uh, and it's possible that the the Buccaneers got the best one of the three. Yeah. I I, I know a lot of people like Woolen. Understandable. No, there's definitely some Joshua Williams fans out there. I think there's a chance Tampa Bay got the best one, especially with what they're going to do, with what Bowles is going to do. McCollum's got a lot of good press man reps, and you're going to see a lot of that. They might put him on an island uh, if if he plays this year. If not, good news, you know, get him to develop, keep him learning, Maybe get him obviously out on special teams, but like if he gets snaps at some point this year, that'd be huge. But guys got a ton of upside. We we thought that Tampa Bay potentially would need to go this direction because Dean and Bunting both 
expiring contracts have this year. So love the process there. And yeah, Gadecki. What's to say? Thought maybe he could play tackle. He's not even going to sniff out there tackle, probably. He can move into guard, and I think a lot of people would probably grade him better there. Yeah. And potentially starts over Hainsey to start with. And totally possible. We'll see. That that's one of the fun battles to watch. So the my only thing is with a class that maybe prevented it from getting to a level where some of these other classes were that we'll get to is, is Logan Hall and not because Logan Hall is a bad player. I thought it was a very nice pick. The problem is, is you wanted a running mate for Vita Bay. Logan Hall is doing that for you on one down. Yeah. Um, I really don't think even though Vea commands two, that I see Logan Hall as a guy who can be an every down interior player. So that's the one where I'm kind of on the fence. Other than that, though, Andre Anthony, fine. I be honest, didn't study that guy uh, one bit. So, but get him on day set. It doesn't shock me that they go back to the defensive line for pass rushers. So overall, yeah, I liked it. I'm going to get my grade quick here. I mean, I, I'm going to give it a B plus. I thought they did a good job across the board, really, especially starting I mean, they started on day two, right? But I think Gadecki, White, Otten is a great, great trio, and you get Zion McCollum in that as well. As well, the only, the only thing that held it back was, like I said, they don't have a true defensive tackle on early downs that's replacing Sue. So that's maybe the one thing you look to. I gave it an A minus. So we're kind of the same boat there as well. So, yeah. All right. So yeah, I mean, overall, I think the NFC South actually did well. Three of the four yes. teams we had with with good grades. Thought they did a good job. The Saints just, again, we went through it. But now to what I think might be potentially, we'll see, a similar situation in the AFC South. Uh, We're going to start with the Houston Texans. And Houston Texans, what they did on draft weekend, third overall, they took Derek Stingley Jr., corner from LSU. 15th, they go Kenyon Green, the offensive lineman from Texas A&M. At 37, they took Jalen Petrie, a safety from Baylor. At 44, they went John Mechie, the wide receiver from Alabama. 75, they go Christian Harris, linebacker, Alabama. 107, they took Damian Pierce, running back from Florida. They took Thomas Booker, defensive lineman from Stanford at 150. 170, they take Tegan Quitoriano. Don't know if that's right. Tight end from Oregon State. And then uh, Austin Deculus at 205, the offensive lineman. You could say tackle if you wanted to from LSU. Yeah. So Mason, initial thoughts on, on the Houston Texans and how they did? Um, I think obviously at three, uh, it was probably between the two corners. I'm okay with being Stingley. Uh, personally, I would have taken Sauce, but we went through that already in our position rankings before. Yeah, uh, I think it could have went either way. Um, the Lovey Smith Derek Stingley phone call was that was cool. A pretty good one to watch. Uh, if you haven't watched it, go ahead and do it. But I think there's not really much to talk about there. You needed a number one corner and they got it if he can stay healthy then sure if he can get back to his 2019 form you are you are perfect um tw- we've talked about the kenny green thing yeah. and we gotta talk about it i still don't understand it i really don't like we talked earlier in the episode about like the chargers seeing that the tackle class wasn't good the texans probably thought the same thing but they took the worst, the lesser guard of the two between Ken and Green and Zion Johnson. If you take Zion Johnson at 15, that's an A pick. This Kenyon Green pick is because there was a lot of people that thought he wouldn't even go in the first round, let alone the top 15. But like day two, they took good players. I do like Jalen Petrie, but my question is where does he kind of fit in that secondary a little bit um did they move up for Mechie right I think think, so yeah um I didn't really necessarily think they would have added receiver that early uh because of Nico Collins and extending Brandon Cooks but I think they clearly want to help Davis Mills out with get him three really good receivers Nico Collins is going to take a big step up here too I think Mechie is going to be a slot guy right away that you can put a lot of faith in. Um, we talked about Christian Harris a little bit before. Um, I think that's a pretty good landing spot 
Um, just like the round wise, he probably will have to play right away, potentially in Houston. Um, would I really trust that right now? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but the first two picks on day three, I just really want to kind of dive into Damian Pierce. He could dynasty folks out there, Damian Pierce. If he makes it to you at like one, not 109, 110, I got him at 204 in one draft. That's you're going to get the top guy in that backfield. Because if you look at it, it's just Rex Burkhead. And then they also have Marlon Mack, which sure, Marlon Mack is a good running back. But Damian Pierce in the fourth round, he's a dominant pass blocker. He's going to get on the field. Um, And then Thomas Booker, they needed help in the middle of their defensive line for run defense. You got it. Plus, he's one of the smartest players in the draft. If you haven't watched Brett Coleman's interview with him, another good watch right there. But, like, the last two picks, they always kind of take shots at tight ends. I don't know how many tight ends they have that have scored three or four touchdowns in the last five years. But you Too take many. a tackle in round six, maybe you wanted one earlier. You, I, was Jamari Sawyer still there? I think he actually was. So, overall, I think it's a good class for Houston. But the one – Major disappointment sticking out is Tending Green in the first and at pick 15 for me. Yeah. Um, so this was kind of I, I think the process was very jumbled when when you look at it. I will say Christian Harris, a lot of people thought he was gonna be the pick at 37. Uh for Houston is just the run and chase, like we do everything in space for Lovey Smith and that defense. So that fit is nice, and Damian Pierce is nice and Booker is nice. So the problem is the process with three players I actually like. Uh, so the, the the Kenyan Green pick, good player. I think we both liked him. I think we both – did you have a second round grade? Yes. Yeah, same. So don't know where he would have gone. It's so hard to figure out where he would have gone, honestly, if, if he had fallen. But there's a chance – there's a chance he's there at 37. So my other thing is like Booker's nice player. You traded out of the opportunity to select Jordan Davis, let another team do that and lost out at Kyle Hamilton in the process to then select a guard. So that little, that little, that, that part there is mm, mm. like Petrie's a good player. Like I, I like Petrie a lot, but like, where are you playing Desmond King now? Or vice versa. Is Petrie going to move to the roof deep? Like, is that that your plan? Like, if it is, okay. He's got 16 snaps there in his career. Not that he can't do it like Javon Holland. He can do it, right? That happened. But again, taking that, that's that's a shot you're taking. You moved up for Mechie, who I like. I don't kind of understand the selection. I guess he's going to be in the slot. I mean, a lot of people like him there, so... That's that's good. Like I I get that. Um, Stingley. If that pick hits, we're golden, right? If that pick misses, and Sauce is good, and people will look back to be like, okay, I had hesitations with this guy because of just everything that's happened since nineteen, which is totally fair. To be like, okay, well then. You guys swung, and, and I get it, swinging. You're swinging for 2019 Derek Singer, which is great. Love that idea. But, man, they took some risks here, and they were both in the first. Um, Just, I, I mean, the grade for me isn't bad because there are just players I like across the board. I just, the process for me was a little bit jaded. Like, I'm just not sure what those green Petrie Mechie picks were. I just don't get yeah. like the plan, what the idea is because you had another, you had an opportunity to take brisker at 37. Yeah. Like you could have taken brisker. Who's got way more snaps deep. Now, if you're moving King back deep, I, I don't think like- that process is good either. So like this, you have two slot defenders. One you paid and extended the other, you drafted at 37. So I don't know. It, it just felt jumbled all over the place. I feel like, 
I don't know about you. I feel like on draft day, on that second day, after the Kenny Green pick, which shocked a lot of people, after that, I day two and then Damian Pierce, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, this is going really well. Like, they're taking good players, and then when you step back and you dive in, you're like, okay, but, like, what's the plan? Like, I understand, again, Green can be a very good guard, and you're protecting Davis Mills. You added weapons. That's fine. Damian Pierce should be good from the get-go. There are just things that they took some risks, and they moved up for some guys. I don't know. I don't even think the last two picks are going to probably – I, I, no. I they might not make the roster honestly. They, like Mason no. said, they have a lot of tight ends. Like again, he's the inline, he's the definite foil to Brevin Jordan. It, so the, the guy they picked. So again, we'll see. I didn't like I said, I, I just didn't love it though. I what did you give it? I, I gave it a B minus just because I just I liked the players. Like there was so much I did like and I there was process I liked, but it was just maddeningly inconsistent. Like there's just some things where I'm like, I, I can't get on board. I gave it a B. So okay. we're kind of all besides like the Saints was a little bit off. It's kind of a little bit, but I think we're going to agree on this next one though. Yeah. I just, I, I, the Texans just, they, they, they tried to rope me in They it, They were playing tug <laughs> of war with me the entire time they were drafted. So it's fine. Okay, Indianapolis Colts. Let's have some fun here. Uh, so they moved back, yes, from 42, and they selected Alec Pierce, wide receiver from Cincinnati. 73, they took Jelani Woods, tight end from Virginia. 77, Bernard Ryman, the tackle from Central Michigan. 96, they get Nick Cross, the safety from Maryland. Oh, boy, can't read it, but it was like 150-something. So 154, 159, 159. Perfect. They select Eric Johnson, defense tackle, Missouri state. 192, Alec Ogletree tight end. And then they took 216, Curtis Brooks, defensive tackle, Cincinnati. At 239, Rodney Thomas, defensive back from Yale. That was, that was kind of interesting. That was cool. So an Ogletree, I believe is Youngstown state. If I'm yes. Okay. So Mason on the surface, what are we, what are we thinking about Chris Ballard's latest venture? Uh, in the draft. We talked about a little bit last episode, how like Ballard's draft last year, a lot of people were like, okay, kind of questioning it a little bit after like knowing that Ballard and Ed Dodds were like consistently good drafters this year. I think the media has kind of got back on the, Oh my God, Ballard and Dodds did it again train. Um, because if green Bay didn't get Alec Pierce, it was going to be Indianapolis. Yeah. And they got it at Green Bay's original slot. Yep. Which kind of put me a little, got me a little tear in the eye a little bit, but that's going to be a dominant. I don't know. I don't want to say dominant. It's going to be a good one two punch between him and Michael Pittman. I think that was great value since I had him pretty highly in my receiver rankings. Um, Jelani Woods, they already have Mo Alley Cox. Why not get another that can be more than Mo Alley Cox? Um, you take a, tight end in the third round that has elite athleticism uh your left tackle spot was hurting so you sit there and you trade down and you get with the vikings pick that you traded down with you get bernard raymond who was in first round conversations which we weren't a fan of but getting him in the third round sure he might start at left tackle for you and then you trade back up into the third get nick cross i think he could compete with Kari Willis a little bit, maybe Julian Blackman if he's not healthy for a starting spot on the back end. Um, and then you take two small school guys back-to-back. Eric Johnson was big on draft Twitter for a bit after his senior bowl performance. Uh, he could get some rotational snaps because Grover Stewart probably won't be on an every-down guy. DeForest Bar- De- 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 <laughs> Wasn't DeForest Buckner hurt last year, if I'm correct? I believe so. For a good yeah, bit. At least a little bit, yeah. So you're adding to that fold, and you get another guy, Curtis Brooks, later. I read that they really loved Andrew Ogletree just because of the pure athleticism. They said he's a really good blocker as well. So they clearly had what they wanted. They wanted athleticism at tight end yet again. Um, they really have that room. There's a lot of intrigue in that tight end room with these two guys, Moiley Cox and Kylan Granson from last year. They really focused on offense between their first three selections. Again, 
Good teams stay good here. Yeah, I, I love this. And honestly, like legitimately none of the day three picks can hit, and I still love it. Yeah. Uh, like even if you think Pierce maybe isn't the 53rd best player in the class, maybe if you think he's lower, which probably is for most people, like that's fine. Like I get it, but you got a true running mate for Michael Pittman Jr., you can say, oh, yeah, he's got the same size as the same things. No, this is speed guy. This is stretch field. Like Pittman's going to be able to do a lot of work as a chain mover. And that's awesome because he can do that. He can stack two. He can win a catch point. Like both these guys are going to dominate catch point, which is great for Matt Ryan. And yeah, the athleticism at tight end is nuts. Like they have legitimately four guys who can get out and catch the football. Like they have basically two of Mo Alley Cox in the room, basically. I mean, Jelani <laughs> Woods is, offers you plenty more upside, but at the beginning, that's what you're going to kind of get out of him. So you hope he can move in line a little bit too. But yeah, if, if Ogletree has got that plus and then Granson, like they're going to be, I, I would imagine that they're in 12 a lot. Yeah. Not that it couldn't be the year for Campbell or any one of these Doolin or any of these guys, but like, I feel like they're going to be in 12 a lot. That's totally fine. Like with what they have at tight end. Great. And so Bernard Ryman, I think we were cooled on because he was getting first round talk at 77. I'm good with the swing there. I like that swing a lot. Yeah. Nick cross. Yes, absolutely. Like even if again, the angles and tackling, there's some just inconsistencies all, all over the board. That's fine. But athletic safety, who can make plays, it's hard not to draw a comparison to Savage because he played the same school. We love to do that. We love the same school comps. But, again, injects a little bit more into that defensive back room. I think the only thing here, and like you said, Eric Johnson, Curtis Brooks, two guys you can get after the quarterback from the interior. Two guys, same, same type of role, but, again, add to that room, that's fine. The only thing I think that was lacking is corner. Yeah, from this, and that's like fine if, if you're confident in Isaiah Rogers. Okay, sure. Like this is going to be a, a a young unit uh, after trading Rocky Scene, but like they have, uh, they have Ngakwe, they have Pay. Like they're going to be loaded up front again, and the linebackers are good. So, I I, I like it. I know that people are going to point to. No corner is a bad process. I think that's totally fair. But for me, just, just how I'm imagining this Colts offense and defense this year, it's put up or shut up. Like, this draft yeah. is good. You better win the division. There's no excuses. Yep. So, but I loved it. Uh, I just want to say that front seven, you didn't even mention Odie Ingo. Or yeah, who's going to be coming off. Yeah. He's going to be coming back. You've got... So that's three pass rushers that you can use, and that these Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner, and then the two guys you drafted, plus those linebackers. The corner room is really all you have to try to figure out, and you've got Gilmore there to help. Yes, so, that's true. So what do you I got really for him? I got an A. Okay. I went A minus. Tried to keep the A's and A pluses to the truly elites, but I yeah. yeah. How do you not like it? Ballard coming back. Uh, with a vengeance in 2022 after 2021 that definitely shocked a lot of people and not to mention they did all this without that first round pick they lost yes from a Carson Wentz trade so not that I think that mattered to Chris Ballard probably would have traded back anyway twice yes. if they hit if you had to get in the second yeah. round probably would have traded back twice if you had to get to pick whatever in the 30s so but I I, I can't I, wait for the uh with the next pick series for this one <laughs> cannot wait okay so we have the Jacksonville Jaguars next, and uh, this should be interesting, I'm sure. So first overall, Jacksonville Jaguars, they go Trayvon Walker. Uh, defensive line, edge, whatever you want to call them, from Georgia. <laughs> they move up uh, to Tampa Bay spot and select Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. Select Luke Fortner, offensive line from Kentucky with pick 65, pick 70, Chad Muma, linebacker, Wyoming. Pick 154, Snoop Connor, the running back from Mississippi. 197, they took Gregory Jr., the corner from Wichita Baptist. 222, they took Monteric Brown, corner from Arkansas. Mason, what do you think of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Um, uh, 
I don't really know how to start this, honestly, because I don't think they knew how to start it either in the draft because there was a lot of conversation. Ultimately, they did take Trayvon Walker. Um, my question is, is this whole – they didn't take Aiden Hutchinson because of Harbaugh thing true? Um, personally, I would have just taken Evan Neal, but that's just uh, beyond me, I guess. Um, I personally did not grade the Trayvon Walker pick well because I don't think he was worth that selection. And it doesn't seem like they really know how to use him from what all the reports are saying. Um, sure, the Devin Lloyd pick, sure you traded up for him. You needed another running mate for the guy you spent a ton of money on in free agency in Foyer Lucan. So sure, you got another linebacker. Uh, Luke Fortner, you need a replacement for Brandon Linder. Can he compete for a guard spot? Sure, but you still need a tackle. There were still some good receivers on the board. And then we get to pick 70 and you take another linebacker. Good player, yes, in Chad Muma. But I don't understand the point of another linebacker when it seems like you're going to run a 3-4. Uh, maybe 4-3. I don't even really know. I think it's 3-4 if I'm correct, which means he's not getting a lot of snaps. Uh, there was still a lot of receivers there. You don't have a fourth-round pick because you moved up with Tampa Bay. And sure, Gregory Jr., small school guy, sure, go for it. But, like, day three was really lackluster. You took a running back that not a lot of people even really knew about besides the cool name. I think there was a lot of better running backs available with that pick, and you traded up to get him. I just don't understand it. You're trying to help Trevor Lawrence, and the most you can do is get him a center and not even a weapon when your number one receiver is Christian Kirk, who you're overpaying. I may, You needed a tight end. Your number one tight end is Evan Ingram, who can't really block or has struggles catching the football. Um, I really don't understand this draft. If I'm being completely honest. So Mason was kind of actually good cop in this, in this thing, I think, um, <laughs> man, I can't believe I might lower the grade just listening to this and thinking about it again. Like this, this process sucked, man. Um, this sucked. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not going to sugarcoat this sucked. Like, okay, man, I get it. Like you, the two linebackers you drafted are good players. I like both of those players. The Devin Lloyd pick is what's carrying this for me. Because I, you paid a Luakun. Why are you drafting Muma at 70? Why? Like, everybody's going to go, well, yeah, best player available. Like, all that stuff. Like, okay. I don't, like, I, I hate it. I hate it. Like, I, I just hate it. I, I don't understand Trayvon Walker is such a strange bet at one. Like, if you're betting on traits, what the heck, man? Thibodeau. Yep. Like, come on. And then the one guy you draft along the offensive line. He's played everywhere, sure. Still don't like that. Like, like I get it. You guys extended Cam Robinson. So it, it, are you're trying to kind of like, I don't know, lessen the blow for people that you did, took one offensive line who's going to be an interior player when you have so many questions to tackle. Snoop Connor could be really good. You drafted a running back there without, again, helping your quarterback out in this draft. I don't care that you got Sheriff. That's great. You tagged and then signed Robinson. That's not enough for me. I'm sorry. It's not enough. And your receiver room, no matter what you started to cause chaos by signing Kirk to a big deal, <laughs> don't care. Your receiver room's not good. Okay. Your tight end room is just a bunch of one year bets on guys who can ca hopefully catch the football. I just don't think you got better. If Trayvon Walker plays th three, four defensive end all year, oh boy. Are you guys going to get it from everybody? 
you just you better hope. You better hope Devin Lloyd's an all-pro telling you. They better hope Devin Lloyd's an all-pro. He can get there. They better hope it because I swear. I, I, <laughs> I hate it, man. I hate it. I think this is, this is finally the one where yours is going to be pushing the limits because mine's a D. I'm gonna be, I'll, I'll be completely honest with the people here. I gave it a C- minus when I went through and tried to bell curve this. No, no. This is a D-. minus. This is a worse grade I'm giving, I think. This is just awful. Devin Lloyd is going to be good, and it's going to help this grade out, which is why it's, I'm sticking with the C-. minus. But like every Devin Lloyd's carrying you. The rest of this is not great. Like Moom is a good player. The rest of it's not great. So we're going to move here to Tennessee, finish this sucker up. Uh, so Tennessee Titans, they, they trade away AJ Brown for the 18th pick. They get, they get Traylon Burks, wide receiver Arkansas at 18. They get Roger McCreary, cornerback from Auburn at 35. They take Nicholas Petit Frere, tackle from Ohio state at 69. They get Malik Willis at 86, the quarterback for Liberty, 131 Hassan Haskins, running back Michigan, 143 Chigo Okonkwo, the tight end from Maryland, 163 Kyle Phillips, wide receiver UCLA, 204. They took Theo Jackson a name that probably not many heard before they drafted him. And then 219, they took a chance. Campbell, linebacker, Mississippi. Mason, initial thoughts on the Titans? I really like the process, honestly. They really attacked their needs. Uh, obviously, you want to look at that second, third-round pick. But I want to start. you got A.J. Brown 2.0. You don't have to pay A.J. Brown. Yeah. So you got lesser A.J. Brown. Well, not lesser, but younger A.J. Brown. You moved down from your second first-round pick. Roger McCreary is a good player. You need help in the defensive back room. Can those guys stay healthy? Uh, I think McCreary will be starting potentially. I wasn't big on Nicholas Petit Frere, but getting him at 69, sure. Um, Obviously, Malik Willis, when does he start? Probably next year. You want to bet on that? Go for it. Uh, I want to talk about Okwankwo and Phillips because Phillips was my guy getting those guys in fourth and then Phillips in the fifth. I don't know how Phillips fell. I really don't. Maybe because of pure slot guy. I don't even think that. I think he can play on the outside some. I really think we talked about it. This is the all yak draft for Tennessee. Yes. Once Malik Willis is starting next year, probably you got Traylon Burks. You probably still have Robert Woods. You have Kyle Phillips. You still have Derrick Henry. And you have, Okonkwo, just run triple option the whole entire game because they won't be able to stop it. Nobody will. Yeah, I mean, I there there are pl- there's plenty to like here. Uh, McCreary at 35 is really nice. I, the only the only question is is you have Elijah Molden, right? So are you yeah. moving him to safety to play McCreary in the slot? What's the plan there? Don't know, but I think McCreary is a good player. Uh, Malik Willis, absolutely swing that late, no problem. Love that for them to do that. That's a lot of potential. Obviously, third-round quarterbacks, the, the history isn't great, but this this is a weird year, weird class. Who knows? So they they, they swung upside there. Oconquo and Phillips are both nice. Um, Phillips has drawn some Hunter Renfro comparisons, and when you can be that kind of slot separator, that's that's good. Like that, Oconquo gives you another kind of Janu Smith, basically, which is nice. And Chance Campbell, I think, could potentially get some snaps. You've, you've lost a couple guys in that linebacker room. So, like that idea. My question is, though, is moving the 18th, getting 18, and moving on from A.J. Brown to get Traylon Burks. This is the classic. You had a boat, and we traded for a box. What could be in the box? Well, maybe it's a boat. <laughs> we don't know. So, like, you're hoping Burks is A.J. Brown. If he's not, he could be LaVisca Chenault. Um, it might not be that severe. But again, this is big, strong yeah, guy. That's that's fine. And that's something you can absolutely work with. NPF? I don't know, man. I get he's a good run blocker, but I, I just feel like offensive line is not solved as we're sitting here yeah. with this team. And to protect Tannehill, who had struggled... In that divisional game, you have weapons. That's good. 
I just don't like not addressing offensive line really other than, than petite for So I, the Burks is a, basically they're Guinea pigs here, Tennessee, the Guinea pigs of we're trading away our stud to hope we have same stud in this 18th selection. We'll see. I don't love that process, honestly. Um, but I liked a lot of these picks, McCurry, Willis. I mean, Haskins gives you that type of yeah. back behind Derrick Henry, which is good. So, like, I get it. A lot of this here, I'm not going to be as high in it because of process at certain positions kind of just derailed this a little bit for me. But, yeah. again, Phillips could be excellent in the slot, gives you a chance to move Woods out to Z, and you've got Burks and kind of your move guy. So maybe we'll say Woods is your X for now. Yeah. I mean, I gave it a B, so. Yeah, I, I'm on board. I, I gave it a B as well. Uh, we gave it the same grade. I just think there are kind of things just holding it back. Like, it's not at the level of Tampa Bay or, or Carolina for me. It's not at the level of Indy. Like, it, it didn't reach any of those, but, like, it's definitely better than Jacksonville. So, <laughs> give yourselves a pat on the back there. It's definitely better than a lot of teams will cover. I mean, th- there are definite potential with this day three group. Yes. Even if Willis doesn't hit, like it was still a swing later. So yeah. like, there's a lot of players who can land even because again, this wasn't, we took Willis at 18. So you didn't step out there and, and do that to start things. You waited patient. So I like, I like it. I like the class in Tennessee. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Uh, our first run through uh, of full grading the 2022 NFL draft class, starting with the NFC South and AFC South. So I believe we had Atlanta and, and Indy winning the day at the, do you have, do you have Atlanta as the top or did you, they tie with inside them with Carolina? Well, oh, Tampa Car- Bay. Oh, okay. So yeah. Okay. So we had pretty much tied at the top, I think, but Atlanta, Tampa Bay and Indy were the biggest winners for us. The biggest losers were the Jags and the saints. Yes. So, Saints, normally a team that we've seen have one of the most spectacular drafts of all time. We'll just see what kind of happens outside of Alave and the Jags. Just, man, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Could be wrong, but this was not their brightest moment. So hope you guys enjoyed uh, this this episode of Draft Grades. We'll, we'll, like you said, there are going to be three more. Mason, where can they follow you quick before we uh, get out of here? All right. They can follow me on Twitter at Thompson22Mason. You can follow me at Jake NFL Draft. And we will see you guys very, very soon with with more grades on this class. We are not done, but we'll see you next time. Farewell. Farewell.